Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey ho, July 29th. 2020, we're one day away from basketball games counting again for a couple of weeks. And then the playoffs. I said it last year, I feel quite different this time around. Last year, I actually had a lot of trouble following the playoffs after about the first round because there was such a wide gap between the games happening. You remember the finals last year? I literally lost track of the score. Not the individual games, because, you know, we can all lose track of an individual game score, but the score of the series in the finals last year. I couldn't keep track of what was going on because the games were, were freaking three days apart. That, I think, might be the, my favorite part of the bubble. Yeah, I know, silver linings and whatnot, but games can actually happen quickly. I don't need two, three days off in between basketball games if nobody's traveling anywhere. They don't need them even with them, with them traveling. I get it. One day off. That's fine. Recovery day. Get back. Let's get another one in there. So presumably, the playoffs should go a tiny bit faster this year. And of course, I'm excited for them. Couple of reasons. Reason number one, look. I'm a Laker fan. You guys know that about me. I'm a pragmatic Laker fan. I'm not going to put them on my fantasy team if they suck. But, you know, them being back in the postseason is interesting from my perspective. Interesting from everybody's perspective because LeBron is an eyeball driver. And then, two, we've been without games for so damn long. You want to make people care about the playoffs, threaten to take away their playoffs. That's where we're at, I guess. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I'm Dan Vespers. This is a hoop ball presentation. Hoop-ball.com is the website at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Thanks again to those of you that continue to write in uh, to apply for spots here at HoopBall. It's awesome. Those of you that have been reaching out have been really good candidates getting into the, the pipeline here. Looking for more people on our HoopBall gaming division. If you're big into gambling and you feel like you can be on this side of the fence, meaning the analyst side, hit me up at Dan Vespers. I can get you in touch with the guys over on the HoopBall gaming division and figure out if there's a fit. We are also continuing to look for salespeople here at HoopBall. It is a high commission gig. And if you're an expert on the phones and you have daytime availability because you're going to be calling businesses... Hit me up as well. You can also get in touch with us if you don't have Twitter by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. We'll start the show the way we have been the last few days, and boy, it is awfully refreshing 
to be able to start a show by looking at NBA news. That's when you know you're close to actual basketball games, when there's NBA news. And we're going to start with the good stuff today, because the NBA completed their next round of COVID tests. I mean, I honestly... I mean, I, I thought they were getting tested every day, so we should be getting these reports every day, but I, I guess maybe it's not happening here with, with... These are from before scrimmages started. Doesn't matter. But zero for the second consecutive round of tests. Zero positive COVID tests inside the NBA bubble. The bubble is working. My hopes continue to rise, and I really hope that means they're not ripe to get dashed. I don't want to spend too much time on the COVID test results, but this is this is fantastic. And you know what it also does, and, and for fans such as myself, all of us here listening to doing NBA podcasts, meaning anybody that's not actively working on the games, for those of us that are fans, we want strict, stringent measures in place to ensure that things don't break down. I prefer that if Lou Williams needs to go get wings at a strip joint, I don't care where it was, if he needs to go stand in a restaurant to get his favorite wings, that he does have to quarantine for the full 10 days. I prefer it. I would prefer it happen to if Danny Green did it. It has nothing to do with him being a clipper. I would prefer that Zion have to quarantine longer if he violated. And, you know, there's a bit of an honor system thing going on for folks that are outside the bubble, right? Like Zion could have gone and gotten a beignet somewhere. Beignet? I guess it'd be a beignet. Uh, We don't, I guess we don't know. But I prefer it. I think any, and I think the teams that feel like they have a legitimate shot at a championship should also prefer it. Right? The only thing that can derail this now is something coming into the bubble, whether it's an employee, a Disney employee, or a player bringing something in. So lock it down if you have to. We are so close. We're so close we can taste it. By the way, um, everybody's clobbering baseball's management right now and I think there are a lot of good reasons to do that but I want to I want to offer a different perspective on what's going on with baseball baseball was ill-prepared to catch things fast enough the every other day testing was never going to be a good platform it's why on this show I've said probably 25 times I still don't think baseball is going to make it the whole way through if they do I'll be happy I love baseball It was actually my first sports love. I'm much better at playing it than I am basketball. I just feel like I happen to sort of see basketball from a a betting and or fantasy standpoint better. I don't know why. That's just the way it worked out. So then you gravitate to the thing that can make you money. So stop with the, like, people don't want this thing to work. I just am petrified that baseball won't. Now, I'm going to give baseball a little bit of credit today because while they did completely biff the idea of catching things fast enough, the fact that they have postponed games involving not only the Marlins, who have all these positive COVID tests, but the teams that they played and the teams that would end up in the same clubhouse where they were is showing a level of commitment 
to now protecting against further spread that I'm a little bit surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised that baseball is actually taking it this seriously after they let it get to this point. It was it was almost like this, holy crap, we had to get slugged in the mouth to go, okay, we got to postpone these games. We got to shut this thing down. We need to run some tests because it takes a couple of days for an exposure to turn into a positive test. You can't just give everybody a test that evening and if it all comes back negative, you keep going. A lot of these guys that got exposed or could have gotten exposed, it could have been over a couple of days. So kudos now to baseball for just postponing or canceling some games. It's a weird season. A lot of people are going to be like, wait, you're telling me some teams are going to play 60 games and others might only play 58? Yeah. So you better win the damn games you're playing in. Because this crap is going to happen. With thousands of people on an honor system and no bubble, it's going to happen. So you got to be ready for some cancellations. But I think that's probably enough on the COVID front. It's not, listen, I mean, look, it is the, the biggest news story on an everyday situation, but it's not the thing that we need to focus on every day on this podcast. It just happens to be that today the NBA released another press presser, press release, that things are going well. So let's celebrate it. The bubble's working so far. Anthony Davis practiced on Wednesday morning, this morning. Make sure it was today. And he is expecting to play in the Lakers' resumption opener tomorrow. Cool. I kind of, I mean, we all kind of thought he was going to. And we mentioned on yesterday's show that even if he missed the opener tomorrow, there was a high likelihood that he was going to end up playing in probably the same number of games regardless. So I think we're still targeting about six and a half games worth of activity for Anthony Davis in this resumption campaign, which I think still makes him, at the very worst, the number three pick in resumption leagues, and you could even argue number two. Ain't nobody jumping over James Harden at this point. As though Harden needed an additional couple of shots per ball game, Eric Gordon will miss one to two weeks which you might have guessed, is the resumption season. Not that you were drafting him anyway, but there was this outside shot. You could pick him up, throw him in there if you wanted three or four three-pointers in you know, maybe one or a ball game at the end. Let's say Westbrook and Harden went out. Eric Gordon would have been a really interesting one-game plug-and-play. He won't be anymore. Could Ben McLemore be a weird plug-and-play down the line in this resumption season? Yeah, maybe. You know, Daniel House... He gets a bump if Harden and Westbrook sit any games out. This is what we're going to be looking for. And by the way, that's going to be our main topic on today's podcast. Joel Embiid expected to play in Philadelphia's resumption season opener, so the calf stuff apparently is not that big of a deal. Tobias Harris looked great. James Harden looked good. Rob Covington looked good in some of their recent ballgames. This is all generally good news. The only... Uh, And it's not necessarily bad news because we don't really know what's going on, but I'm going to assume it's relatively bad news. Montrez Harrell is still not in the bubble, which at this point now, even with the easier quarantine for guys that do obey the you're outside the bubble rules, uh, Montrez still will not play in the Clippers' resumption opener tomorrow against the Lakers, which of course segues into a discussion point we had on yesterday's podcast, which is Ivica Zubac has a little bit of shelf life here. 
So look, first of all, the Zubots hype train in Clipper Town is out of control. It's out of control. The Clippers love him. They're beat writers, they're bloggers, the, the folks that cover the team. They just, they are just juicing all day about Ivica Zubots. And he's fine. It's this weird thing where, like, if he was still on the Lakers and we, he was getting that type of positive publicity, it would be the Kyle Kuzma stuff all over again. Look, here's the deal with Zubots. He's fine. He's a serviceable number two center on an NBA team. He doesn't play a ton because if he played a ton, it would expose things in his game. That's one of the things that I think sometimes uh, those of us here on the media side tend to overlook, especially fantasy folks, but this is actually happening more with with the reality folks in fantasy, is there are certain guys that actually serve a better role when it's a little bit more limited. Montrezl Harrell plays more minutes than Ivica Zubats because he's a better basketball player. Simple as that. Zubats is a better screener. Better rim protector? I don't know. I mean, he's getting some credit for that because he's a pretty big guy, but it's not like he's out there fly-swatting shots around. He's a big dude. Look, Clippers far and away got the better of that deal with the Lakers. That is not in question. Lakers, that was idiotic. Mike Muscala? Get out of here with that nonsense. But Zubats is not that great. He is, however, good enough, which from a fantasy standpoint is all we really care about. His 18 minutes a game this season, which was already trending up a little bit towards the end of the year, more towards 19, 19 and a half-ish, with Montrez now set to miss at least one game, I think you can look for Zoo to get up and over the 20-minute mark, which probably puts him in the neighborhood of about a top 100 guy. He's not going to blow the doors off the building because he's not going to get more than about six or seven shots a game. I mean, that's max at this point. They'll go small. They'll play Marcus Morris at five if they have to. Maybe that's who actually gets a bump. No, not really, because he's still going to be behind the superstars in the pecking order. With Zubats, at least you've got a guy that doesn't need shots to close in on fantasy value. If he puts up 60% from the field on an extra shot or two per ball game and the rebounding and scoring ticks up from 8 and 7 to uh oh I don't know 10 and 8 then we're talking about something more significant 10 and 8 with I don't know what 1.1 ish blocks per game that's serviceable top 100 center and so I think I mean, I, I know, I shouldn't say I think, I know that he deserves a spot on rosters, and he was probably getting picked up anyway for just this reason, but now we're getting confirmation that he's going to get at least one game where you know you can drop him into your lineup, and it'll be okay. Especially because they will they could leave him out there. Pretty much any time that Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee is playing for the Lakers, they could leave Zubats on the floor, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Covering Anthony Davis eh, might be a little bit of a tougher a tougher order, but... McGee and Dwight, I mean, those guys are role men. Zubats wouldn't get roasted by those dudes. No one would get roasted by those dudes. It's a different, it's not, it's not a roasting. It's a, can you keep them from dunking and keep them off the glass? So, get them on your team. And then, uh, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't set the expectations too high. What I want to talk about today are resumption league rules a little bit. 
Today, tomorrow, not going to be the world's longest podcast, and that's okay. That's okay. You guys don't need 45, 50 minutes every single day of this stuff. We've, we've done some seriously heavy lifting. Before we get into league rules, I want to remind you guys that HoopBall has renewed our partnership with the great folks over at MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, baby! Let's get some money down on them. Follow our guys over at HoopBall Gaming for daily betting advice. Ira, Troy, Devin, crushing it. Ira had a great day yesterday, yet again, betting baseball right now. And here's the beauty part. If you sign up with MyBookie using the promo code HOOPBALL, not only do you get a deposit match, a 100% deposit match, yeah, they will match whatever you put into your account, $25 minimum on that, so you can go pretty damn low if you wanted to, or go a little higher, I don't care. Match 50, match 100, match 1,000, whatever the hell you want to do. They will also throw in a $10 baseball futures bet. Just throw it on somebody you think's going to win the World Series. Who knows? Maybe it comes through. Maybe you double, triple, quadruple that thing. Maybe you go long shot and it comes through. My bookie, bet, win, get paid. Really excited we're back with them. Go open up your account today. Use that promo code HOOPBALL and start getting the goodies. League rules. League rules. And, and this, is, this is a more philosophical discussion than we usually have on the podcast. We spend a lot of time getting into the nuts and bolts. So this is zooming back out and looking just at the instruction manual. But I think because... These resumption leagues are predominantly two types. You either, and there's no head to head going on because it's two damn weeks long. You've got a points league, you've got a roto league. Either way, you probably have some sort of limitations on what you can do. I think in points leagues, where you're just starting all of your guys all the time, there's probably going to be a limit on how many moves you can make in your league. In a roto situation, where you probably have a game's cap of, I would venture to guess, 80 if you got 10 starting spots and 8 games to play per team. You might even see it as low as 64 if you only go 8 or maybe 9, 72, starting slots with 8 games apiece. That means that every game is critically important. Somebody coming out, I mean, the, the, like the thing that clobbers you the worst things you can do with your games capped resumption league is one don't use up all of your games that's the worst thing you could possibly do you have 80 games to use and you use 79 you're giving away over one percent of your total accumulation that's a bad idea Go to your leagues right now. Go to your Roto Leagues and see what an extra 1% would do to a lot of your stuff. Who's winning your old Roto League in blocks? Do they have, what do they have, like 500? What if you added an extra five blocks to your team? I get it. You're not going to be able to do that during this resumption, but that would have been 1% of your full season stuff. Who's winning, uh... Shoot, I don't know. Who's rooting rebounds in your league? What do they have? 10, 11, 12,000, something, some big number like that? I mean, we're 1%. If you're looking at an entire season, I know it, th- it feels little. It feels little during the resumption campaign because it is, it's one game. And you're like, well, what could one game really do? Because you start to, in your mind, you start to visualize what would one game have done during your 
full 820 games cap season. But, you know, the team that was winning rebounds in one of my leagues had about 5,000. What if you added 50 rebounds to your team? What would that have done? Would that have changed where you were? It's a possibility. Looking at some of the teams around me, there was a team within 50 rebounds of my club on the lower side. What if that team got an extra 50 rebounds? Would it cost me a point? 120, 130 points you add to your team? So you get it. You get it. Just do the math uh, looking back at your full season and think about what 1% does. What if you only use 78 of your 80 games? You're giving it away at that point. The worst thing you can do is not to use up your games cap. Second thing, worst thing that could happen is probably a guy starting a game and then not finishing it. If you get like one quarter in and then the player gets hurt and leaves, that's crushing. That's almost 1% of your stuff. You have to assume that that, that that type of thing will happen to everyone. Try to collect yourself, take a deep breath, just assume everybody in your league is going to have one guy that starts a game and doesn't finish it. Don't beat yourself up. You can't really, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you can try to draft guys that that doesn't happen to. Like, you look at Anthony Davis, who leaves mid-game, but he often comes back. You guys know I like to make the IBS joke, but, you know, Aaron Gordon, who just got, or sorry, Eric Gordon, who just got hurt, that type of stuff seems to happen to him all the time also. So there are guys where that occurs, and, and you could try to stay away from those dudes, but I wouldn't spend too much time overthinking it. The third worst thing, and this is where you get into the strategy a little bit more than the other stuff, because, look, number one is just, for goodness sake, I mean, if you've got five or six games left on the last day, you better make sure you use them up. The third worst thing is to use up games on guys that just aren't doing much on a game-to-game basis. And I know what you're thinking, Dan. How do I avoid that? Because there just aren't that many viable players in this player pool. Eight teams are missing. Almost 30% of the NBA, almost a third of the league is just not there. So guys that you wouldn't even dream of using during the regular season... Guys like a Thad Young, and I know he's not in this, so that I, he's actually a good example. Guys like a Thad Young, who was number 148 during the regular season, would actually be borderline useful during this resumption campaign. But how do we avoid using guys like Thad Young, using guys like P.J. Tucker, the guys that we put on our plotters list, guys that I'm attempting to not drop into my lineup unless I absolutely positively have to? How do we do it? Well, you have to have a measure of faith. Not religious faith. That doesn't have anything to do with fantasy value. You have to have faith that guys will surface as the resumption season trucks along. It's inevitable, as Thanos snaps his finger. It's inevitable. That at some point, I mean, think about how much time we spent on this podcast talking about teams that don't have a reason to play all eight games. Think about how much time we've spent on this podcast talking about players that will almost definitely get one rest game off during these eight games or more 
because conditioning is weird, because these games are not critically important for about half of the teams playing in them. Go back to the standings if you absolutely must. Go back to the NBA standings if we need to do a quick refresher here on today's podcast. Maybe somebody's listening in today that didn't that didn't listen when we were breaking this down team by team. The Bucks, they can wrap up the East in two games. They have no reason to play their starters all eight. The Raptors have a three-game cushion over the Celtics. They could be fairly well wrapped up in about five games or less. They might not. I mean, the Celtics, if the Celtics play well, they could push them towards the end of this thing. The Heat, the Pacers, the Sixers, they're bunched. Doesn't really matter what happens with those teams. You could almost argue the same deal with the Celtics unless they're trying to chase down the Raptors. The Nets, the Magic, they'll probably change spots. But look, you know the Magic want to get in front of the Nets. What's Brooklyn going to do? They only have a select number of players that could go. Are the Wizards actually going to care? The Western Conference, the Suns can't make it. The Spurs are without some of their players, and they'll fall off quick. Lakers, they can wrap it up fast. Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, I don't think any of those teams really cares all that much where they end up in the top four. The Jazz and Nuggets, I think as long as they're in the top six, they're probably fine. Thunder, Rockets, Mavs, those teams probably care. Grizzlies, Blazers, Pels, Kings, those teams probably care. So what do we have there? Like nine, ten teams out of 22 that you could argue probably will care for all eight games? It's inevitable. Anthony Davis is going to rest the game. LeBron is going to rest the game. Kawhi, Paul George, these guys are all going to take games off. And so when you say, how can I avoid using a guy like a P.J. Tucker, who you might end up having to drop in there for a game or two, like, you know, what if if Russell Westbrook sits, which he will at least one game, that's a game I would drop Tucker in. But that's a different that's a different discussion. The main point we're having here is P.J. Tucker is just a placeholder for this discussion at, at large. The discussion at large is player X is a is applauding normal top 100, 120 regular season type. Where let's say he would fall into that same range in this one. I keep using P.J. Tucker because once that team was fully healthy, he was like a top 125 guy in the regular season, which puts him right around the edge of the top 100 here, probably during the resumption campaign. So think of that type of player. We don't really want the guys that are going for five points and eight rebounds a game. We need guys that are racking up stats. We need big performers. We need top 75 or better from as many of those 80 games that we're using as possible. So when I say, how do we do that? The answer is, be ready to shuffle dudes in. Be ready. If Russell Westbrook sits to shuffle in Daniel House and P.J. Tucker, be ready. If Nikola Jokic sits out a ball game, to throw in a Mason Plumley for, for all I can. I mean, he's going to tank your free throw percent if he gets to the line, but be ready. He could give you one game of top 75 production. Clippers are a weird one. If Kawhi Leonard sits out, you could, we don't, you know, Lou Williams might be back. He would probably be the big beneficiary there. Maybe you could argue dropping in Marcus Morris in a spot like that. If LeBron James sits, what do you do for the Lakers? It's not just going to be Anthony Davis. KCP gets a bump. 
I still, I, even without LeBron, I don't think I can talk about starting Kyle Kuzma. Would Alex Caruso do enough? He's not really a playmaker. Would Dion Waiters do enough? Be ready. That's what we're talking about here. Teams are going to rest. What if the Blazers get eliminated? We got all sorts of guys you could grab. What if the Spurs get eliminated? There are guys to grab. What if the Suns start shutting people down? Be ready. Be ready. For when guys sit or are eliminated, for the other names to pop up on your radar. The guys that we talked about during our month-long breakdown of every team coming into the resumption, where we said, look, this is a guy that could actually have one or two games of big, big production, but I'm not going to draft him because I'm not going to squat on the dude for the other six nights. I don't know who you drafted. If you're in a resumption league, I don't know who you drafted with your last round pick, but in all likelihood, it's someone that you could probably drop today in favor of whatever news might break that gives you someone doing more in the first resumption game. You want to maximize the big performances. So when I say that you have to have a little bit of faith, it's mostly that you have to have faith these guys are going to surface. That's not to say you don't want to play your eighth round pick or whoever you got in your resumption draft and say, oh, you know, someone might come along that can do better. We're talking about probably the last two guys on your roster, your ninth and tenth guys. Maybe you got a really good ninth or tenth round pick in your resumption seating, uh, resumption uh, league draft. I don't know. It's possible that you feel comfortable dropping him in there. I think we talked yesterday. I think I took a roll, a roll of the dice on on Dennis Schroeder in one, and I went Jay Crowder in the other. You could probably throw Jay Crowder into your lineup. He's probably going to be fine. Not going to be great. But then the guys beyond that, you know, whoever it happens to be, Zubats or deeper KCP guys like that. I don't know that I start them in the Zubots I do with no mantras, but I, you know, I don't know if I start KCP in his first game. Yeah. He's going to do more with no Avery Bradley or no Rajon Rondo around, but I'd rather kind of scout that out a little bit. And if anybody else in the Lakers rests, then you drop him in there. But this is what we're talking about. Don't use up games on guys that don't deserve it. You could I, I mean, we have this talk during the regular season also, but you can get away with it there. There are just so many damn games that sometimes it's inevitable. You're going to use a guy that doesn't have that productive of a night. You got to get real cute with these ones. We got to find the guys performing in a big way. So I would, I would be cautious when you're rolling out your first games here and if you have someone that you're like, look, I don't know, this guy might be like a top 100 type of dude, I'd probably sit him for a game, see what happens. You might miss out on an okay performance, but I'd far prefer that to dropping someone in who's going to underperform because I really do, I believe quite strongly that guys are going to pop up. Even if it's just for one game, guys are going to pop up. It's on every team. I just There just aren't that many guys that I see playing all eight games. There's no reason to. So get your fill-in trigger finger ready and hope that your resumption league doesn't have a massive games or moves cap if you already have a games cap. Because who cares? Make a bunch of moves in that spot. If you have a games cap, just turn off waivers. I don't need guys sitting on waivers for two and a half days in a 14-day league. 
All right, that's your theme of the day. By the way, go get your Manscaped on. Thanks, guys. You guys are doing wonderfully on that one. We uh, Manscaped has informed us that a, a longer-term partnership is in the works, so we've done it, and that means we got to keep doing it. So if you haven't already got one, get one now. Go get the Lawnmower 3.0. Poopom code at Manscaped is HoopBall20 for 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get at Manscaped.com. I would recommend the Lawnmower 3.0 with built-in LED and pinch-free sideburn trimming technology, but you can go get a pair of boxers. You can get some of their, uh, they've got talcum powders and lotions and scents and stuff like that. They've got other things as well. That's manscaped.com. Shout out once again to our buddies over at MyBookie. That coupon code is just the word hoopball. Please do check out our sponsors. It's a big reason that we're able to continue to add things. Hat hoopball and more things are coming. Hoop-ball.com, the website. Go check it out. You'll see some of the new stuff out there already. Rolling it out for the resumption season. We got all these things in the works. I'm Dan Baspris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Basketball tomorrow. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.